Hello, everybody. This is Dave Hodges. I'm the host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. And this is an emergency broadcast of The Common Sense Show radio network. We're in, I tell you, we're really in the process of expanding, but we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, we are probably going to air this in our radio show. We'll have to see um, you know, how things kind of shake out in the next couple of days. Uh, definitely we'll be on Megaphone, uh, YouTube, uh, the website at thecommonsenseshow.com, and picked up by various affiliate websites like our good friend Steve Quayle at stevequayle.com. So we're going to get this out. This is a breaking news story of monumental proportions. And Paul doesn't even know what I'm going to hit him with after he hit me with the initial breaking news story because I was up until about 3 a.m. local time doing research on this and actually had a couple of conversations early this morning. And a very clear picture is emerging as we put this together. But before we get started with Paul, I need to let everybody know that we are brought to you by some sponsors that make this show possible and i know some of you say dave i don't want to hear advertising well i could charge you for this <laughs> okay exactly so i'm really growing weary of hearing about this because these platforms we come to you on are not free and they're not cheap so here we go we are brought to you by readymaderesources.com the best prepper in the world in my opinion is bob griswold and Bob can get you anything and everything, and he does one thing no one else does. He'll consult with you about where you're at, help you go to the next level. We're also brought to you by preparewithdave.com. What's that? The best durable food company in the world with the best discounts that are there, and they're all laid out on the website, preparewithdave.com. Listen, your food supplies will be gone in less than one day in the site of any emergency. Ask the people, Hurricane Harvey Houston and all the other natural disasters, as well as sometimes the not-so-natural disasters. Everybody needs to have food, water, guns, gold, ammo, medicine, tools, so forth. We're helping you right now, folks, with this. And I'm warning you, and, and I mean this in the kindest of terms, don't come knocking on my door if you didn't prepare you need to prepare. And if you can't afford storable food, buy an extra can every time that you go to the grocery store. But you need to be doing something. So I'm just saying, if you don't use us, use somebody. Preparewithdave.com. There's not a better deal out there. And then finally, Health Masters. Great for health maintenance, but you've heard me talk about, I attribute the fact that I've avoided four surgeries over the last several years because of my association with this great company. And Ted Brower used to say to me, Dave, just give me a couple of weeks. Don't go for that surgery yet. And this was the first time was on the meniscus for my knee. And I did. And here I am what, almost six years later, no surgery on that knee. Thanks to Dr. Ted. So check it out. It's, there's nothing better out there than Health Masters. Find out why I and people like Doug Hagman go to Ted Brower and Health Masters before we ever will go to our doctor. Healthmasters.com and the coupon code to take 5% off any purchase is CODE5. That's code 5 at healthmasters.com. Well, those are the sponsors, not to mention our good friend Steve Quayle, and I almost had a little slip of the brain right there. Renaissance Precious Metals absolutely fantastic the link for steve's site that will convert your soon-to-be worthless cash into gold is also on my site at renaissance precious metals you'll see the big ad on my site or you'll see it on steve's site at stevequail.com uh listen i gotta tell you this story that's coming to you today with our good friend paul martin is earth shattering in its implications 
this is the number one story in this news cycle, no question about it. Whether or not it'll be perceived that way, well, time will tell. Paul, welcome to the show. I so appreciate you getting a hold of me last night and reinforcing something I had a little knowledge of, but not as much as I do now. Welcome, Paul. Good morning. How are you, Dave? I am hanging in there, and I'm a little weary from not having the sleep, but that kind of goes with what we do. It's a handicap being on the West Coast and covering uh, national events. I'll just put it that way. And West Coast means we're Pacific time here in Arizona because we don't go on daylight. Thank God. But it does screw up our associations with the rest of the country. All right, Paul, let's get down to it. You, You called me last night. And you said, hey, I've got some inside information here, and I want to make sure that uh, I pass this along to you. Go ahead and tell the listening audience how you approached me with this. Well, uh, uh, I've got a new friend and uh, reached out to me and was talking about Paul, you're going to have to reorient. Paul, you're way down to Greeley, which means... Paul, i got to interrupt you here. We've got to get you to reorient because you're breaking up on every other word. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just sitting in one spot. Okay. All right. You're, you're okay now. That last sentence was good. Go ahead, please. Yeah, the uh, I had a friend reach out to me and was giving me information on tunnels in northern Colorado that run from almost the Nebraska border all the way down to Greeley which means probably those tunnels reach out all the way down to Denver and other tunnels. Um, that's correct. That's correct. I've known about this for quite some time, but uh, not as much as I do now. Did he give you any indication about the scope of the tunnels, the size of the tunnels, how deep the tunnels are, where they originate, where they go, and what goes through them? Uh, he did not, no. He just... Uh, He's got a good friend that he's known since he was about nine years old and uh, was telling him about the tunnels. There's a spot uh, near, somewhere near Briggsdale, Colorado, that he that they went to, this friend of his, and uh, there's a very high fence, and they approached the area, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, came Humvees and soldiers with M-16s and bullhorns telling them that they were not supposed to be there and get out now. And uh, he said that the the entrance to these tunnels were very, very well concealed. He said you could be 30 yards away from them and not know they're there. So this kind of brings us back to the story that we had a couple of years ago of the large iron gates coming out of a mesa in the same area. And so they're, they're if, if they're driving Humphreys and, and stuff out of the, out of these tunnels, the tunnels got to be pretty good size, Dave. Yeah, they are. Um, I had an interesting encounter one time, and then we're going to get down to some stuff that I can verify here, but... The interesting encounter I had once, and I I don't remember the year, but I want to say 91, 92 in that time frame. And I was visiting my mother and sister in the suburb of Denver, Aurora, Colorado, where I grew up. 
And um, I was meeting a friend from high school um, at a local Chili's near the Aurora Mall, by the way, where they, you know, yards away from where they had the Batman massacre. And uh, as I was waiting for my friend who was running late, uh, a lady sitting at the bar engaged me in a conversation. And it turned out that she was a backhoe operator at uh, the being constructed Denver International Airport. And I said, oh, that's interesting work. And she didn't look like a backhoe operator to me. Um, And then she went on to say that um, um, she works a mile deep. This is probably after having a couple of beers, I would guess. I don't know. I didn't count her beer total. And I only talked to her for about 20 minutes until my friend showed up. But she went on to say that they have to change clothes into airplane mechanic suits. They got searched early days of cell phone for some people and they couldn't have those not many of them had them at that time though and she said yeah mile deep we're we're using this new technology that she had to get specially trained on i learned later it's nuclear boring and um she said oh yeah she goes we go way off of dia and we are i would estimate over a mile deep And I'm thinking, whoa, boy, that is really interesting. So anyway, Paul, that was my first encounter that DIA, Denver International Airport, was much more than it appeared to be. And then later I began to become a little more privy as to what was in these tunnels. Some of them are national defense, as I discovered. And let me get into a little bit of what I found out last night. (laughs) Hope you're sitting down because, boy, is this timely to the border article that I wrote on the CommonSenseShow.com that you want to check out. They transport drugs, humans. They're able to bypass um, all the international checkpoints when a plane lands. And might be a little suspicious if you offloaded 30 kids and went straight through the processing in the international terminal. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, can't do that there. So they're offloading them and taking them underground. This is what I've been told. And I've been told this by a very, very reliable source inside one of the agencies. And it's not the first time I've been told this. So, Paul, that's part of what's going on there, but not all. I know those tunnels have been there, though, also since 1978, 79. Yeah, that's what he said, 79. Yeah, Briggsdale, Pawnee area. The reason I know it? I used to live outside Sterling, Colorado. My first coaching job was in that area, and I've been to Briggsdale and Pawnee more than once, and it's right south of the southern Wyoming border, and I'll tell you, the locals there know what's there, and they know what's going on. Yep, that's what he said. Well, give us give us some idea about what he thinks is going on. You know, he, he didn't have any specific stuff. Uh, this is just... Uh, kind of started yesterday and uh, through some emails uh, I'm sure we'll get more but he he didn't have any specific um, things about that were going on in the tunnels he was just giving me references and some exact locations of of where they were Mm -hmm. does this correspond to that uh, exact location of the story or approximate location of the story that we've shared on the air a couple times where you just alluded to Humvees and people with automatic weapons came out of this underground vault and uh, all of a sudden said, this might be your territory that you've inherited, but this ain't your territory no more. Exactly. Yeah, the second time that they went to this specific spot, uh, the first time it was Humvees and soldiers. The second time it was... uh, uh, 
black uh, suburbans and men in suits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's generally what I've so been that, told. That, that, that fits with our uh, big uh, steel gates out on the Pawnees. What would you estimate the mileage difference between uh, DIA and uh, the Pawnee Briggsdale area would be? Is that is that maybe, what, 100 miles, 120? What do you think? Yeah, probably about 80. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. And uh, that tells you the extent of these tunnels. But this is what I've been told, Paul, and I really want to emphasize this. There are some tunnels there that are strictly continuity of government, which means, you know, we're attacked. We put people down there and we move assets around on high-speed rail, and it's designed to avoid uh, being attacked from nuclear weapons. It's kind of like the MX missile, you know, we had to move it around so the Soviets couldn't target d- during the Cold War. And this is what part of these underground tunnels are about. But let me go one step further with this. Going back to, and, and I'm sorry if you people have not heard this. Most of you have who followed me in fair length of time. But I got into this business because John McCain and his Mary Bank uh, banker friends uh, that were part of the Central American Free Trade Agreement wanted to put a Canamex highway system that was part of the system through my property and illegally take the land of myself and 300 of my neighbors without compensation. That particular project brought us together as a community. And one of the people that was in our project, and I'm not going to mention names because it'll directly reflect on his relative, but he worked for DHS at the time. And what I learned at that time is he told me, he says, Dave, I've learned from uh, my relative here that underneath this Canamex and also the NAFTA superhighway that's part of the I-35 corridor from Texas to Minnesota uh, that they have underground tunnels that parallel these structures and you can enter to them at certain key access points usually in what they call the multimodal hubs is where you can enter into them at where they have rail freight and uh, airplane trafficking so I said what does that have to do with us And he said, well, this is part of how we will be invaded. And I said, what, invaded? I said, you mean we're sitting on top of an invasion here? We're going to have Russians running out of tunnels and attacking us in our neighborhood? And he said, he said, kind of, but it won't necessarily be Russians. He asked me at that time, and this would have been like 2005. He said, have you ever seen Red Dawn movie, which I'm referring to the 1984 uh, release of it with Patrick Swayze? And he said, and I said, yeah, I'm very familiar with that movie. And he said, that's what I'm talking about. He said, we are deliberately providing corridors for invasion into our country. And at first I thought, this guy is kind of a nutcase, like some of these independent media people I know about. And this is before I became fully awake and I realized most of what my colleagues were saying was absolutely true. And I said, well, what else can you tell me about this? He said, oh, they're well guarded and there is a portion of our government that is dedicated to its overthrow. He was describing the deep state before that term became, you know, in our lexicon. And there's a whole lot more I could go into, Paul, but but the bottom line is that's in part what these tunnels are about, along with continuity of government, which is what some of the other tunnels are about. And people are just absolutely mystified when they find out how extensive this tunnel system is. I mean, they are everywhere, particularly in the West. It's 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 unbelievable, Dave. Well, the thing is, is, is I know it is believable now because I've encountered enough people who know all about it. 
Now, you know, it's interesting, Paul, I want to make just draw a little um, line of demarcation here. Most of the people that I know that I talk to in the, in, uh, the DHS and the FBI and DEA, Border Patrol especially, these people are dedicated and loyal Americans. They're like you and me. They're, they don't want to see what's going on. They want to stop it. I had one man from one of the Alphabet Soup agencies say to me about a month ago, he said, Dave, we know where the child sex factories are. We know where the ISIS training camps are. We know where all of it is. But we know that some of our leadership and our agency is compromised and we're prevented from doing our job. That's who's manning these tunnels. And by the way, Paul, if you accidentally ever find a way to get in one of these tunnels, I learned this too. Uh, they're they're accessible like by next to wells and uh, under roads where you have like a, a a crossway and you walk into what appears to be a little service tunnel, and it's not. It's directly in it. But these are guarded, and they will apply lethal force if you enter without warning. Well, we've we've talked about that in uh, several. Uh, several different times, but with these uh, uh, high fenced areas out there and the, the big gates on the mesa and and uh, you know people showing up from nowhere and and, and that's what that uh, gentleman was telling me. He said, you know, you can be thirty, you can be thirty mile or thirty yards away from these entrances and, and you can't even see them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're very well disguised and intentionally so. And I should mention this, too, um, that the people that are tasked with guarding, facilitating, um, building and reconstructing and repairing, they are um, routinely rotated. And they're rotated because it's kind of like the idea loose lips sink ships. And this is a form of compartmentalization try to, trying to preserve the secret. Well, that's what my, um, one of my sources said as far as the military intelligence is concerned. He said everybody's living in a pipe. You know, yeah. you can't see the whole salad. You just see one guy sees the lettuce, next guy sees the croutons, the next guy sees the the uh, rest of the stuff in the salad, but you can't see the whole picture. Get this, Paul. This is where new information is coming in that will match with old information. You and I did a show one time on the uh, Gurkhas, and they are uh, hired uh, hands, they're mercenaries, and they're brought in to put down um, insurgencies, you know, like guerrilla war movements. They're experts at attacking guerrillas. And they were showing up, if you call in your area, uh, in Northern Colorado, Southern Wyoming, and then we've also had the reports of the Chinese and the Russians and all these nefarious groups. Well, I found out how they got there, Paul. They didn't come in through Denver International Airport. They weren't bussed in from faraway places. They didn't cross any border in terms of their ground transport. They were flown in. They're offloaded at a secure place um, outside the terminals in airports like Denver International Airport. And they are then taken by high-speed rail underground to their locations. Paul, we didn't know this before. This is something that I got last night from one of my very best sources, who also has a relative who has worked in this area. Well, we're, you know, we've, we've done so many podcasts on 
different entities in Colorado, and now with these tunnels and it, it all kind of comes together. Paul, tell the um, the listening audience, if you will. Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to ask you this question. Um, there's a method to the madness here that's going on. And um, tell them how open these people are once they're in your area. When you encounter these people, like at your shooting range, coming into your bar, um, when we see the presence of UN EMP proof communications devices outside Rollins and Cheyenne and Laramie, Wyoming, we publish the pictures, which we have on the commonsenseshow.com. Tell them, um, well, let me ask you this. What's the reaction of the public when you share this information and we have undeniable proof like we do the UN equipment? Well, people are... They're, they're, they're stunned. I mean, you know, you're talking about the Gurkhas. They were at the uh, gas station at the bottom of the, uh, where you go into the uh, Poudre Canyon. And uh, they were well marked. You know, they had the cross swords on the doors. They were in uniform. And there was a work there. And she said, get over here real quick. And and uh, so he got over there and, and uh, started talking to one of them they were filling up their tanks and uh, he said well what are you guys and and uh, he said their English wasn't great but it wasn't too bad but they, basically he said well we're mercenaries yeah you know the, guy, the, the, the people that were shooting, <laughs> the people that were shooting out at the range my friend called me and uh, he went out to his vehicle and they said there's Russians here. He said, I'll call you back. And so they, you know, went on and, and he said, I've never seen anybody shoot handguns like that. And then, and, and he was talking they, 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 a lot of these groups that are not Spetsnaz, they usually, you know, they'll have three or four or five younger guys and they'll have an older handler. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, so after they cleared the range and, and, uh, he said, wow, you guys shoot really, really good. He said, uh, are you guys in the military? And the older handler goes, no, we're we're uh, mechanical engineers. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know so, what's interesting? Uh, they don't try to hide from you, though. You're coming down the street or one of those uh, country roads or mountain roads and you encounter them. It's not like they're scurrying off into the forest to avoid detection, are they? No, not at all. No, they uh, had a friend up in... Uh, I've told this before, it was up in uh, Estes Park at the Subway Sandwich Shop, and there was four very well-fit young men talking Russian in line, and and they got up to the uh, young lady to order their sandwiches, and they went into perfect Nebraska English. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's, I mean, I can do another hour on this. Well, I know. Paul, we've covered this ad nauseum, but see, I've even got some of this out here, you know, where I live. You know, we did stories on this a couple of years ago. I I live in kind of an off-beaten, but not off-beaten enough for my money. But I live, oh, about 18, 20 miles north of the farthest northwest section of metropolitan Phoenix. And um, I live six miles off the beaten path. And yet on a road that's not far from me that heads out to a Toyota 
uh, test area where they test new vehicles, I routinely see vehicles that are strange. I followed one day a uh, military vehicle, as you know. Uh, I could never catch up to it because it was going home traffic. But I, I didn't get any closer to about two or three vehicles behind it. But I saw them go into the Toyota Center, and it was a canopy of Americans in woodland camouflaged uniforms. And I was like, whoa, and this went way past my house. I mean, way past. And uh, then I, we have this steady stream of uh, construction trucks that started about 5 a.m. that have been going out to this area now for a year and a half. And then they all leave at the same time. And it really almost puts us in a rush hour situation on a two-lane road that we never see otherwise. They're building something significant. It's tied to the military. And the guards are armed with M16s. And they have now made it illegal in the state legislature to fly a drone over this facility so you can't take pictures. So I've had my share of stuff out here. And um, we've had Russian soldiers going back 20 years in this area from what the old timers tell me. I've been out here now going on 16 years. But the old timers tell me that about four or five years before I moved in, they had Russian uh, field area maneuvers. In fact, I went back and I looked at it, and this, as well as German military maneuvers, were reported in places like the Arizona Republic and uh, a paper in a small town in Wickenburg, Arizona. So this is nothing new. Do you think these are long-term plans for Red Dawn? Do you think this is could be related at all? Yeah, I can't see why it wouldn't be. You know, I, I, call, I talked to you last night, and uh, there was a uh, some train that went through uh, Fort Collins northbound, and uh, one of my friends texted me and said there there were uh, uh, ten rail cars with black Humvees with no markings going northbound toward by. Uh, Yeah. Paul, did I, do, do I still have you on the air? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, because I just, we had a little interference right there with this intermittent buzzing, and then I heard some silence. Surprise, surprise, right, given what we go through yeah. seemingly every time we interview. But, um, yeah, I'm familiar with that, too. I'm getting, I've gotten reports now for probably three years from as far south as uh, Loveland, Colorado, uh, which is what, about an hour from you and uh, at the local Walmart and stuff, they'll see foreigners in large numbers in, in the Walmart there. And so I, I, do you, we've talked about this, if I'm not mistaken, haven't we? Oh, absolutely. I had a, I've got a, they like to shop at the uh, Super Walmart between Fort Collins and Loveland on Sundays. And uh, he kind of goes out there and snoops around, hangs around and, and, uh, he called me and, and he said, well, that was weird. He goes, I saw four Middle Eastern looking guys. All all four of them had beards. Two of them had shaved heads. But he said they had barcodes on the left side of their necks. And I went, you know, holy crap. So I started reaching out to some friends. And I've got a, a friend that's a former Marine Black Ops sniper. And by the store and I was telling him about that and he said well you know what that is don't you and I said no that's why I'm talking to you and he goes those are former Turkish prisoners he said they are um, 
psychologically evaluated to see if they can work within a military environment. He said most of them are serial killers and, you know, they're psychotics and everything, but they're they're still able to work, you know, follow orders and work within a, a, a military command structure. So um, it just gets weirder and weirder, Dave. Well, it, it's everywhere. It was, gosh, five years ago, a lady contacted me with pictures that I published from a place called Ketchikan, Alaska, town of about 8,000 people. And there were Russians in uniform walking down the street there, military uniform. <laughs> yeah, I had a yeah I had a, a uh, listener that contacted me. He was down in the uh, Four Corners area, down by Durango, and uh, they were in uniform, driving military style motorcycles. And this was four years ago, and uh, so there happened to be a sheriff's deputy coming down the street, and uh, he asked him. He said what are these Russians doing here? And he said the officer just rolled his eyes and just kept walking. And uh, so, yeah, this, and there had been uh, a, a friend of uh, Randy Arborough, uh had been down on the uh, Colorado, New Mexico border, I believe near Trinidad. And there was Russian military in uniform down there, and that was four or five years ago. Yeah, I got that same report, too, at the same time you did. Um, Let's get into why this is important and why we keep coming back to the well, so to speak, in Colorado with repeated reports, different reports, but following a basic same theme. Foreign people are here in Colorado who are not supposed to be here in Colorado, but it has to do with continuity of government at some level. I think there's a lot more to it than that, of course. But but uh, if Washington, D.C. is destroyed, Paul, tell, tell the audience what we've mentioned before about what will transpire if D.C. is taken out with a nuke. Well, the Denver will become the, the new capital of the nation. I yes. mean, they moved the CIA out here. Oh, my God. 15 years ago? Yeah, relocated the headquarters from Langley effectively to Denver. And not only that, yeah. uh, the number two NSA post is there. Number one is in Utah now. Um, but uh, so, yeah, they're moving a lot of the alphabet soups there, no question about it. And these have ties to NORAD and Pete Air Force Base and so forth and Carl Springs. But it goes even as far west as 29 Palms and on into various bases in California. So this this is such an extensive system that we have. It, it's absolutely mind-boggling, but the reports and the evidence is just too, shall we say, convincing and overwhelming. Um, so we have continuity of government. We have these stories I've been told about drug trafficking and some of the parallel tunnels that are created or offshoots of the tunnels. Uh, drug trafficking. Uh, and we know the biggest business of the CIA, Paul, is what? Denver. Yeah, no, but the biggest business. Their economic mainstay. Air America. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, drugs. Exactly. And people who are new listening to this show, let me just say this to you. It's a well-established fact. In fact, they actually drew the current CIA director out of his cubbyhole, and he went to L.A. to address allegations from California politicians, and it was advertised and aired on Nightline under Ted Koppel that... 
it was the CIA, Air America, you know, the Contras, the Sandinistas, that whole thing. And they had started uh, cocaine trafficking, trafficking between rival gangs in L.A. and San Diego and San Francisco. And it was the beginning of the Bloods and the Crips. And they were using the uh, a cut of the money to facilitate CIA gun running illegally into Nicaragua, which became part of um, the the scandal that almost brought down President Reagan and made Oliver North uh, famous. So, (laughs) Paul, it's kind of funny. I come across these guys who are part of Air America, and to this day, even though this goes back to the Reagan years, they still won't talk about it. Yeah, I had a a friend in Tulsa that worked for Air America over there. And I would be willing to bet he he was not very forthcoming with information, was he? No. Yeah, I can recall. This is when I was, um, oh gosh, um, nineteen ninety maybe, and uh, a student approached me with this, and I wasn't, I had no presence in the media at that time, and um, this is more than a decade before I got involved, and he said, "Oh, my dad was Air America." Da, 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 and I thought, I thought, well, I know what that is. I mean, I watch the news, and I said, "You think he talked to me?" He goes, "Yeah, sure, give him a call." And I called him. He wouldn't tell me two words. Oh, I was in it, and that's all I can say. So they, they they are so guarded with this, but the, the CIA is selling us out. In fact, Paul, let me interject this here. I reported earlier this week, based on a report from inside sources I have that are at the border. I went to them and I said, on a well-known uh, independent media website, they're reporting that D- DHS is at the Guatemalan border working with Guatemalan law enforcement agents trying to slow down and stem the tide of illegal immigration running through Mexico to our border. And after I got laughed at, and I didn't really believe the story when I was reporting it, but I got laughed at, and he says, no, 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 DHS would never, never, never be there. It's a CIA operation, and they're not slowing it down. They're speeding it up. In other words, the CIA, some of the CIA rank and file are fine, but the CIA is an organization, those who really call the shots, the Mike Pompeos when they were there, all these bad guys, they're about bringing this country down. They're a globalist organization. Paul, just confirm that for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Always have been. Yeah, this is... I mean, we have people in this country working for the downfall of the United States. And let me just name a couple politicians. Nancy Pelosi. Oh, we can't treat our neighbors to the south with uh, tariffs. That that would be terrible. We can't treat our neighbors that way, but they can kill thousands of our kids with opioids crossing drugs in our border. We can bring in child sex trafficking. You get the idea. But that's okay with Nancy. That's okay with Barbara Boxer. That's okay with Chuck Schumer, Kamala Harris, who's already on record for protecting these same people when she was Alameda County District Attorney. It was okay for Rose Pack as a Chinese communist right out of Beijing was running Chinatown until she died in 2016. Paul, I could go on forever with this stuff, but these are people who have sold us out. When's President? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you look, you know, in the news this morning, 500 Africans stopped at the border. Yeah. Now, how 500 terribly poor people from the Congo get to the border of the United States. Oh, and you mean 20 of them that have uh, been released with Ebola into our country? Yep. Yeah. That's not me saying that, folks. Those are people I talk to on the border. 
they get in fact the first three that came across i reported on this they were detaining three people from the congo for ebola and this is oh, probably six weeks ago now and these people i'm sure are dead but it doesn't mean that they weren't weaponized as a bioweapon and and cause contagions to spread but they just disappeared they're put in containment and I had a DEA guy who I've been in contact with for five years. He he got a hold of me and says, Dave, I got a memo here. It's bizarre. He said, we're tracking Sinaloa's into what you've been writing about at Humboldt County. And he says, yes, indeed, they are connected to the communist Chinese. They're actually running the operation. And kind of like the CIA ran the Bloods and the Crips. And he went on to say, but there's a really interesting thing at the bottom of a communique. And he said... Uh, uh, this is not classified, but I can't share it with you. That would be a violation of our protocol, but I can read it to you. And what he read to me was this, is that Congolese uh, detainees, and I'm trying to remember exactly the words he used in the phraseology, Congolese detainees tested positive for Ebola are missing. Someone, you know, on an operational drug trafficking report put this on there because it scared the hell out of them. And they wanted this out there. Well, DHS, uh, one of the contacts I have there, reported the exact same thing. So he contacted me to say, "Do you, are you getting any of this from anybody else? And I had to say, yes, I am. Um, these people are being weaponized, Paul. And would it surprise me if they're being put in these high-speed tunnels for distribution around the country? The measles outbreaks that are sweeping the country now, do you know that there are 23 different strains from what I've been told and not one of them will respond to a measles vaccine that we use because these measles are not of this origin from domestic America? Have you heard that too? Hello, Paul? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, okay, because yeah, we got a little cut out there again. Um, I'm waiting for him to pull the plug as we get deeper into this. Um, let me ask you a, a, a question. Why, first of all, I don't think tariffs are going to work because the main business of Mexico being a narco-terrorist state is drugs and kids and guns. Um, so you cut into their businesses, laugh, laugh, you know, because a lot of the top corporations are tied into these activities too. The, the, if you cut off their drugs, then you're talking serious damage to the country. Uh, but why do you think it took Trump two and a half years to come up with a tariff idea? I mean, it's a good symbolic move. Why do you think it's taken him this damn long to come up with something? Well, I, you know, I, I think the president has been severely compromised. Do you have any notion or guesses as to how he has been compromised? Well, he's got family members. Yeah. <laughs> You know what you're saying there, Paul, has a little legitimacy to it uh, without, I think, even going into the depth. And let me give you an example. Do you remember when the president said before the fake Syrian chemical attack, the last one that they blamed Assad for, and he said, now we're bringing our troops home from Syria. And he was defying the Pentagon. He was defying you know, a lot of Congress and says, no, 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 we have no business being there. And then they found the dead body at Trump Towers. And all of a sudden... Within 48 hours, he did a complete flip-flop and said, oh, yeah, that chemical attack, Assad, we got to keep troops there now. Do you remember that scenario? Absolutely. I think the Trump Tower finding the dead body was a highly significant event, and I think it goes a lot deeper than what we were told. Uh, any other way that you think he's compromised? In other words, how do they have leverage over him? Well, 
nobody, I mean, nobody's clean, nobody's perfect. Uh, I'm sure they've got evidence on them. Uh, I think they're going to, the, the news this morning is they're going to try to come after him with mentally unstable. Uh, you know, they could, I mean, Paul, you got to try to reorient again. I'm losing you. Oh yeah, they they could they could get a drug in him to make him look, you know, crazy and and uh, unstable, and that's easily done. I mean, uh, but they're 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 just not going to quit. I mean, he he made the mistake early on after the election of not he, of not dropping the hammer. He should have come out of the gate swinging. Yeah. There should have been a attempt for a first-round knockout. Hillary gets charged for the emails. That was low-hanging fruit. That was right there. The American people wouldn't have blinked an eye, except for her ardent supporters, if they would have moved to take her out legally. Yeah. I, yeah, I, all, I mean, all, all, all the evidence is there. I mean, it, it wouldn't be hard to do. Like I but said, low-hanging fruit. Yeah, they, I mean, we do know that, you know, the Clintons are professional gleaners. You know, they, they're, they've got so much dirt on people in D.C. that I'm sure that she's got a dead man switch to release all that. And that, would, that, that could probably bring the government down. What is that old Shakespeare saying? quoted by uh, Jim Garrison when he was trying to convict Clay Shaw for the participation in the murder of John Kennedy. Though the let justice be done, though the heavens may fall. I don't give a damn who goes down in this government. I could care less. And uh, Paul, I got to tell you, it's time that people, that the bodies start rolling out here and, they, they're, and there's indictments hanging down, handed down. This is something that's unacceptable. And, you know, listen, I know family, self can be in danger, but he signed up to be the president. I'm not buying the fact that he can be compromised by threats. I think also what's going on, too. I mean, look, at he did business with the globalists. Let's just be honest here, okay? It's not like the globalists give a damn about following the laws that you and I are made to follow. Do you agree? Absolutely. I. What I have to say here, boy, do you hear that? Oh, I'm getting buzzed here by the F-35s. <laughs> okay, but uh, I don't care what threats he's been issued. He took on this role. You know, it, it's kind of like, Paul, we come on the air and we present, you know, a confidential source, you know, a CI, and we give an account and we try to bring in ancillary data that will verify what we're being told to provide some substance behind it. And people go, well, I'm going to, I'm criticizing you, Dave, because that's a bunch of crap. And that criticism goes with the territory. And the threat of assassination goes with any political leader or with the head of state. And to me, yeah, am I accusing the president of not having a backbone? To some degree. Why isn't Hillary Clinton in jail? That's the biggest question that should be answered right now. Why hasn't she been indicted? The evidence is there, Paul. 33,000 flipping emails. 
Well, I mean, they, I mean, they, I mean, I cut my. Uh, I started doing talk radio in '93. I mean, I cut my teeth on, on the, uh, on the should have been in jail. Yeah, Paul, I'm gonna kind of jump in here because uh, again, you're cutting out. Um, we are in a situation where we have, um, like I said, a compromised government a justice system that's totally corrupt. I don't know where Barr is going to come down on this, William Barr, but the bottom line is investigating Google is not the same as prosecuting Google. Google does not need to be investigated. The proof is omnipresent. They have algorithms that basically twist the uh, search results. So when you look at, at that situation, Paul, all that stuff is omnipresent. I mean, you don't need to have a year-long investigation. I look at it as stalling tactics. You know, giving threats to Google, stalling tactic. And let me just share this story here real quick. And I've shared this before. It, Steve, it, Steve, uh, Steve, you better tie down your goods there, Paul. Sounds like you're blown away. But uh, you look at you look at the situation last fall when I, Doug Hagman, Joe Hagman, and uh, Gary Haven, former owner of Curves, were sitting at the Holiday Inn near the pool. And we ended up contacting someone who has regular meetings with Donald Trump. And they said, Dave, you tell them about the violations that the social media is involved in. And I said, be happy to. Open forum laws, antitrust violations. I quoted chapter and verse because I've been to attorneys. I've talked to them. I've taken the notes. I've done the research. And after about 30 minutes of this man taking notes and asking me how to spell things, he said, this president will be briefed on this on Monday morning. And he said, well, this was, by the way, was um, on a Saturday night. So two days before, less than two days before. On Wednesday, the president comes out and says, yeah, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And he used a little bit of the phraseology that I had used. And I go, well, gosh, maybe we had some kind of impact. And here we are now. We're just getting around to saying, well, we kind of are investigating these people. I've had it with the inaction, Paul. Well, you're, you're not by yourself. I've had it. And people say, oh, it's God's plan. Let Trump let the things roll out. Well, you know, we're entering in a new election season. And he has very little to show other than some economic gains for blacks and women and the country as a whole. He has very little to show for what he promised in the campaign when he ran. Sorry, that's how it is. And we're still involved in wars of occupation. We're being dragged towards more wars of occupation. And, and like I said, I'm not trying to be anti-Trump. I'm just saying this is what the man said he'd do, and this is what's happened. And Paul, if he's compromised because of threats, then we need a new president. We got to give someone that well, doesn't I, give a damn and just say, "I'm going to do what needs to be done." Absolutely. So, will I vote for Trump if the election was today? Yeah, who am I going to vote for? Joe Biden off more than he can chew. Just don't let your mother stand next to him. Uh, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, what a clown show! We have a shit show going on right now in D.C. and we have had for decades. 
miscreants, morally deprived people, total corrupted people. How does Diane Feinstein on a servant salary of 170,000 a year go into the Senate and now she's going to leave the Senate as a multi-billionaire? How does Maxine Waters, same thing, have the richest house in her district valued at $5 million on the same salary? And no one stands up and says, I'm done with this. Paul, if we're going to win, we're going to have to take matters into our own hands. Have you considered that? Absolutely. Yeah, I know. Hey, we got a new venture coming up here, and we got a, a couple minutes to talk about this. Um, you and I are about to get real dangerous for the establishment because we're starting a new show. It'll air next Wednesday, and we'll have a lot more out on this. And I believe we're going to be on from 11 to 1, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, Mountain Time. That's 10 to noon Pacific. And if my math is good, 1 to 3 in the afternoon for uh, Eastern Time Zone. Tell the people the station and where it's located. Well, we'll be back before I start. Uh KMC 1360 AM out of Johnstown, Colorado. I'm looking forward to it. I am too. And so we're gonna we're gonna partner on this. Our first guest is Steve Quayle. He'll be on in our second hour. First hour, we're going to do some current events. And uh, oh, by the way, too, uh, let's take care of a little business right here on air. Does one of our sources for the tunnels is is that person agreed to come on, or are we still in limbo on that? Yeah, we're that. Okay, all right. We need to try to make work that to happen. But we're Paul and I are going to be on, and we're really happy to be part of this team at 1360. It's a radio station that's increased its reach. They have put lots of money into bringing in state-of-the-art equipment. I think it's going to be a first-rate show in, in terms of uh, production and uh, reach. Uh, in Colorado, we're right in the heart of the resistance. I mean, Fort Collins, which is a stone's throw away from the station, uh, in what I call the People's Republic of Larimer County, um, they're going to be getting a good dose of you and me. And uh, I, I haven't yet told my friends up there, uh, Stacy Lynn and Virginia Farver and all those great people up there, Russ Harvey, in that area that we're coming on. I'm going to have to cover that territory this weekend. But um, we're, I'm so excited to get started on this venture. So 1360 AM, we'll put out the live stream stuff. We're going to broadcast live from my website at thecommonsenseshow.com. And it's going to be a steady dose of Paul, me, and the newsmakers across the planet that we're going to bring on on a regular basis. Paul, I want to commend you for uh, the work that you do, uh, exposing, uh, setting up Colorado to be the new capital when D.C. is taken out in by whatever means, whether it be terrorist or World War III. And uh, we've been on top of this now for a good five years and uh, you're, you're right at the heart of pulling in information. You're still a magnet, and that's going to continue on this new venture. Um, but anyway, Paul, thank you so much for uh, uh, helping to facilitate this new opportunity. And uh, any closing words, Paul? Prepare, prepare, prepare. Food, water, guns, gold, ammo, medicine, tools, the Bible, and allies. That's what I would say, no, too. This yeah, this, the hammer could drop at any minute. That's what I'm saying, too. And in fact, Steve and I were talking about, Steve Quayle and I were talking about this yesterday on the phone. Uh, and I, I said the same. He, 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 we asked the time frame question. I said, tomorrow, two years, we don't have five. 
I, I think that the, the deal is going to be decided on the outside within one year of the next presidential election. And I think that's an outside time frame. Paul, my friend, we are out of time. We got to run. Thanks to our sponsors uh, for making this show possible. And thanks to all of you for tuning in and catch us at 1360 a.m. on Wednesdays from 11 to 1 Mountain Time. Paul, thanks so much, my friend. Thank you, Dave. Have, have a great day.